0: upon us we pray. Renew our hearts that together we may serve the King of kings and each other and so further the work of your kingdom. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, After this spirit had fallen on all those who waited in Jerusalem, we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean?
1: Well, Jesus' followers weren't drunk.
0: That day marked a beginning, the launch of a movement, a movement that was to become the church, as God's mission to the world through ordinary people made up of different nations were empowered by the Holy Spirit. But that power was to be the power of selfless love. And it wasn't to be about self and status. And so we have this reading where Jesus makes this very clear. When a dispute arose amongst the disciples, they wanted to know who was to be considered the greatest. Well, Jesus said that they were not to be like earthly rulers. He said instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. And then he said, I am among you as one who serves. In other words, he was the servant king. And it's very easy for us when we're looking at leaders today and to be very critical, to criticize those who lead us, especially in politics. It's actually much harder to be a leader than it is to criticize. My experience is that most uh, leaders or those in authority that I have met, despite at times errors of judgment, have sought to lead faithfully and for the common good, even though I may disagree with them. Nevertheless, when the news has been dominated by the Partygate saga and other questions over behaviour, whether it be in the UK or globally, I think it's good that we don't just dwell on when we think leadership has failed, but actually look to what good leadership should be and to celebrate it, to celebrate public service that's consistently exercised with humility and upright character and genuine integrity and love. The world desperately needs people who are faithful to their vows who care deeply for the common good, who are compassionate and peace-loving in all they do, who tell the truth as they see it, and who are respected for their beliefs, even by those who held differing worldviews. That's a high calling. And what's more, with wealth, status, and influence comes huge responsibility. It's not easy being a leader. The royal family may be privileged, but they're vulnerable human beings as we all are. Yet in our queen, we see a life that's been dedicated to public service,
1: a life that has been a witness to the gospel.
0: Some of her family may have let her, others, or the nation down at times. But the Queen, however, has been a remarkable, dignified, faithful, consistent, and respected Christian monarch. We may have differing views about the monarchy and nobility, but we have to admire her Christian witness. In her words, each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try and do what is right, to take the long view and to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has kept these promises that she made at her coronation over 70 years ago. After the death of her grandfather, her uncle's abdication and losing her father, the young princess became queen.
1: In fact, her commitment before God began uh, before her coronation
0: when then-Princess Elizabeth demonstrated her reliance on God on the 21st of April, 1947, when she said these words, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you so to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Notice the invitation to to pray rather than just to criticise. Note the reference in the quote to my whole life. For the Queen, it was a job and is a job for life. She also said, God help me to make good my vow. What a wonderfully simple, profound prayer of surrender to a vocation. Then, on her coronation day, on the 2nd of June, 1953, our Queen said these words. When I spoke to you last, I asked you all, whatever your religion, to pray for me on the day of my coronation, to pray that God would give me wisdom and strength to carry out the promises that I should then be making. I have been uplifted and sustained by the knowledge that your thoughts and prayers Were with me. So her prayer that we heard earlier was followed by this more specific prayer for wisdom and for strength. We need to pray for our leaders that they may have wisdom and strength. What's more, she felt uplifted and sustained by the prayers of others. We know it's a biblical thing to pray for our leaders. I wonder what difference that, that makes to them to know that they're being prayed for, especially when they're going through a hard time. Now, on the day of Pentecost, we make our commitment to Christian service as we remember the mission of the church. I wonder whether today, as we wait on the Lord, we could be praying for wisdom and strength, not just for ourselves, but for each other that all Christians may be uplifted and sustained in their faith by the power of the Holy Spirit to minister in this needy world. You see, it's very easy for us and those in leadership to become self-reliant,
1: to lean on our natural strengths
0: and gifts, or to believe perhaps we have nothing to offer or couldn't possibly make a difference in this world. Or perhaps one follow others unthinkingly, without considering our own values and our own integrity, or without questioning the course that's been set for us. I think today we have an invitation to relook at our lives. In two thousand and two, our Queen said these words. I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and bad. Each day is a new beginning.
1: I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of
0: my best and all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. I draw strength
1: from the message of
0: hope in the Christian gospel.
1: I love the image
0: there of somebody who seemed to have a status, prominence, perhaps authority, being in that powerful position of influence, drawing strength from the hopeful message of the gospel. You see, it doesn't matter what our status is. It doesn't matter how wealthy we are. It doesn't matter how successful we are in life. Because one day, all that won't mean anything. What will matter is what we did with our lives. Whether we know our maker through his son, and whether we did the things that Jesus did, and in love. Let me continue to quote from the Queen, this time 1975, in a Christmas message. Jesus' simple message of love has been turning the world upside down ever since. He showed that what people are and what they do does matter and does make all the difference. It does matter, therefore, what each individual does each day. Kindness, sympathy, resolution and courteous behaviour are infectious. Acts of courage and self-sacrifice are an inspiration to others. And the combined effect can be enormous, she said. We may feel powerless alone, but joining efforts of individuals can defeat the evils of our time. Together they can create a stable, free and considerate society." No, she could be a preacher, couldn't she? <laughs> what a rally cry to Christians to do something beautiful in the world, as we sang earlier, to bring about transformation in our communities. And it's the Holy Spirit that can enable us to be obedient and offer what we have so that our humble offering can be magnified by the Lord. That's the route, I believe, to true greatness. Offering in humility what you have
1: in service of God and
0: others. In her address to the United Nations in New York in 2010, our servant queen then said these words, I know of no single formula for success. But over the years, I have observed that some of the attributes of leadership are universal and are often about finding ways of encouraging people to combine their efforts, their talents, their insights, their enthusiasm, and their inspiration to work together. I believe that is not a bad Thing to look for and pray for in our leaders, that they may encourage us to work together, to be a community, so that there may be a commonwealth as we pool what we have in the service of the kingdom. So, this Pentecost, and as a tribute to our faithful servant Queen, let us follow her example of commitment and service to God's praise and glory. And let us in this service open our hearts to the Holy Spirit so that we may be anointed,
1: not as a king or a queen,
0: but as a holy, devoted follower of Jesus. So that then in word and deed, with his anointing, we may take the Spirit of Jesus, out and about. As we rise up and serve, not in our own strength, but empowered by the Spirit to bless one another in Christ's name and especially helping those who need it the most.
1: And as we do that,
0: perhaps we ought to be remembering the gracious gift of faith and all its benefits does come with responsibility. One day we will have to give an account of our lives. So we're called to care for our planet. We're called to live peaceably with all nations and races. We're called to work for justice in our world. And we're called to further God's kingdom.
1: In a moment, we're going to sing some words that were written for the Jubilee
0: uh, by Graham Kendrick and others. And it's called Rise Up and Serve.
1: Rise Up and Serve
0: is the call we hear with hope in our hearts, joining as one, making history. Let fanfares sound through this Jubilee. Rise up and serve, thanking God for Her Majesty. Amen. First, let us watch this clip before we sing.